All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Too good. Hey, uh, thanks for coming today. I know you had options, but you're here, so uh, greatly appreciate it, especially if it's your first time. Thanks for coming to check us out. Uh, this celebration was designed to be a blessing to you, so let us know how we're doing on that by checking your Connect card and maybe giving us a little bit of feedback. Uh, if you are joining us online, then hey, howdy. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, you'll want to go ahead and engage with us here because we're going to have a little bit of audience participation and you'll want to stay awake. Don't fall asleep yet. You'll want to wait and, like, I'll give you a cue later on when you can hit the snooze button or you can just do that next week when Pastor Chris is teaching. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. All right, so anyhow, um, what you're going to want to do, regardless of where you are, you're going to want to go ahead and get a piece of paper. If you're at home, go ahead and grab a post-it note or the back of an envelope or anything Scratch a piece of paper. Here in the auditorium at the Civic, you have a program, a handy-dandy program that you were given when you came in. And if you didn't get one, then you'll want to go ahead and raise your hand and get one because we are going to be using these. Right in the center of the inside is a spot where you can be taking notes, and we're going to be doing something right now with that. So if you did not get one and you want one, go ahead and raise your hand, raise it high, and somebody can get you a program. And you're going to want a pen, something to write down what we're doing here. And you might say, what are we doing, Tom? Well, let me tell you. What we're going to be doing is drawing a big old question mark on that spot. Take your pen, draw a big old question mark. Mine looks like this, big old. That's a Midwestern phrase. It's one word, big old. Big old question mark. Um, Just go ahead and draw that on whatever you got, because we're going to be referring to this several times today. And you might say, like, well, why, Tom? Why a question mark? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because basically, over the past year plus... The pandemic has really kind of forced us to question, well, just about everything. Seriously, it it ruffled our feathers, it rocked our boats, it made us question just about everything. And if you weren't questioning what you were going through, then surely you were questioning the sanity of everybody else around you, right? But for the majority of us, we were questioning, how about this, what we were allowed to do, in what way, with what restrictions, with how many people and when. Um, If you lost your job, even temporarily, during the pandemic, then you had to question what comes next and really kind of question a little bit of your identity. Am I, for example, a supervisor on the factory floor or am I a guy who gets paid unemployment to stay home and get in the way of the wife and kids while they're trying to do their homework? It really kind of messed with us. And speaking with homework, I mean, holy cow, if you were a student during this entire time, I am so sorry because you didn't sign up for this. Some small percentage of students did love online learning beforehand, but the vast majority of students did not sign up to be virtual students, and yet they had to figure that out pretty darn quick, and the teachers as well. They didn't sign up for that, and I'll tell you what, 100% of the parents did not sign up to be unpaid virtual teaching assistants, but they had to do it, whether they liked it or not, and I'm just saying it happened. We had to adjust. Now, I don't know if you saw the news a couple of weeks ago. I had to look at it because when a headline says um, it's going to look real bad, you have to look. You know, it's almost like a traffic accident. You have to look, even though you think you shouldn't. But what it was, it was an education official of the state of Indiana saying, guess what? Our standardized test scores are going to go down, 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 down. It's going to look really bad. To which, after I read the article, I was like, no, it's not just going to look bad. It is bad. Essentially, we just didn't have enough time to cram all the information into the students' brains. They were barely in school. They were sometimes in live and sometimes online. And as a result, we just didn't get all the curriculum in their head. 
So when you measure it via a standardized test, it makes us look kind of stupid. And that's not the student's fault. That's not the teacher's fault. Certainly not the parent's fault. We just couldn't get it all in their brains. And we weren't going to lengthen the school year. So it is what it is. But the thing that kind of broke my heart in that article was the official was saying, well, unfortunately, this means there's going to be thousands of students who are less prepared for what comes after high school. Whether that's college or career, they're just going to be less prepared. And that's a bit daunting. It, it kind of makes some of the students say to themselves, now wait a second, am I a good student who gets A's and B's and sometimes C's, and I love to go to school, or am I a bad student who gets C's and D's and sometimes F's, and I'm really beginning to not like school at all? Which am I? Because I've been both in the past year. And what's my future like come this fall? Which of those two am I going to be? I know we have a student like that. We've done the best we can, but it's kind of really rocked her world and made her think, what am I? Now, those are just some examples of what's going on during the pandemic. And if you're tired of me talking about the pandemic, fine. Insert any other noun there that has really messed with your world over the past year plus. Instead of pandemic, insert politics or the price of tea in China or purchasing a house. Because guess what? That, all, that went all wackadoodle the past year, too. Lord help you if you were trying to buy a house. Things just got all crazy. So one way or another, we've had to answer a lot of questions, and the target kept moving because the answers became different week to week, month to month, and from this year to last year. One thing we do know, and that's, I guess, where we're getting to today. One thing we do know with absolute certainty here at the JAR is that God is still God. He's still on his throne. He's still the king. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He never has and he never will. And you can put that in the bank. Your identity is safe with God. And I guess that's our big idea for the day. That's going to be in your program as well. Your identity is safe with God. And if it sounds like I'm talking about identity theft, I'm kind of not, but I kind of am. I'm not talking about the identity theft of like when your credit card number gets stolen and people are buying things that you don't know about. Anybody had that happen to them, like ever? A show of hands, even like online. If you've had that happen where your credit card has been taken from you and suddenly you're getting a call from the credit card company like, hey, did you just buy something in Tijuana or in Germany? And you're like, no. And so they have to issue a new card. That's one kind of, of identity theft. I don't know if you caught it uh, just a couple of days ago, Another kind is data breach, where like hackers come in and steal a company's info. McDonald's had that happen on Friday. Uh, the big one before that was Colonial Pipeline. Did, had anybody ever heard of Colonial Pipeline before that? Yeah? All right, awesome. Because like in May, suddenly, just because some company down in Houston, Texas, distributes gas and jet fuel to the East Coast, got hacked by some shadowy organization buried deep in Russia, we all started paying over $3 a gallon for gas. L literally, are they connected? I don't know, but we all faced that same pain. We all were paying top dollar at the pump, all because of somebody hacking into their database. So the daunting thing about that to me is, what can we do about that? I mean, Colonial Pipeline had some money they could pay as ransom. That's why they did that. Do we? What if, what if somebody wanted to bust in and take our info? 
I mean, we have the, the measly like firewall that Windows provides or that Apple can provide you with antivirus, but really anybody could do that if they wanted to. That's kind of daunting. For me, though, the biggest threat, and what I want to talk with you today about, is when we give our identity away. We literally just give it away because we are looking for a better one. We're not so sure about who we are, so we chase after something better, and we give our identity away. One easy example of this is social media. Now, as you know here at The Jar, we don't say social media is bad or good. We just say it's a medium. It's a medium of information exchange, just like money. Money's neither good nor bad. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Money is just a means of exchange. So social media is not necessarily bad, but it will encourage you to become somebody that you're not. It can be used in good ways and bad ways. It can be used in helpful ways, uplifting ways. It can be used in narcissistic, hurtful ways. But somewhere along the line, it will encourage you to become somebody that you're not. Now, you guys don't necessarily do this. I'm sure you're all good on social media. But the people who utilize social media the most for the biggest buck are looking to get likes and shares and subscribers and followers so that they can kind of draw attention to themselves and become famous, maybe make a little bit of money off of it, maybe make a lot of money off of it. So that's one way in which social media, even though itself is rather neutral, can be utilized in a bad way. And we all fall prey to that one way or another. My kids tell me that I should start a YouTube channel and make some money because, as they say, and I quote, you say and do lots of stupid things, Dad, and people would pay money to watch that. <laughs> Thanks, kids, I think. Now, of course, social media has become more a part of our lives during this pandemic. That's just the way it's going to be. When we get isolated, that's one of the ways we could reach out and try to express ourselves and try to keep up on with everybody. But the danger is it will slowly, surely try to encourage you to become somebody that you're not. For instance, uh, it, take my fictitious YouTube channel, uh, which we could call Dad Does Dumb Things. Uh, so, like, once I get some subscribers and start making some moolah off this, if that plateaus, then I would start thinking about ways to do even dumber things, if that's possible, and, like, make even more money, get more subscribers. Nobody would have to tell me that. That would just be the natural inclination. That would be a natural pull in that direction. See, there's nothing, there's nothing evil about social media, but it isn't valuing you as a person. It is just a way for me to try to get people to notice me whenever you view it in a negative way like that. And I guess that's all I want to just uh, advise youth out there, regardless of your age. Social media is what it is. Just be careful, because you have an identity. It's safe in God. Don't give it away just to chase after something else that is fleeting. It, it will always be there. Social media will always be there. But just be careful. Because you will be tempted to chase after and become something, someone, who looks and sounds and seems better than you are. Now, Craig Rochelle is a pastor and an author. He wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago called Alter Ego. And it's a play on words, because really, alter ego, A-L-T-E-R, just means another self, another version of yourself. And we all know famous alter egos, because at some point or another, we've all been exposed to comic book superheroes. So here's another audience participation part, whether you're online or in the civic here. Go ahead and shout out the answer when you know it. A thousand points for each answer. Um, 
if I talk about Superman's other self, where he just kind of walks amongst us unknown, who would you be thinking of? Clark Kent. See, see, it's not that hard. Thousand points. There you go. Um, if I say Batman, who is his alter ego? Bruce Wayne. There you go. All right. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man. Peter Parker. You got it. You got it. Thousand points for you. Um, how about this? So that I'm not sexist, and let's make this a little more difficult. How about Wonder Woman? Who is Wonder Woman when she's just sneaking around? Was it? No, not Linda Carter. Anybody? Anybody? Good answer. Diana. Diana. Diana Prince. So, 3,000 points for you in the front row. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. It's a made-up game and the points don't matter. Kind of like cricket. Don't try to tell me that's a real game. Like, what is cricket? Has anybody ever played cricket? No. See? It doesn't exist. Oh, you have. All right. So, see? I'm sorry. Dr. Tim. <laughs> you can use your points at our jar store, which we don't have. Um, so, we'll invent that so that you can spend your, your points. In his book, Craig Rochelle is saying, we are often tempted to create an identity that we feel is better than the one God gave us, but it really isn't. It's not us. It doesn't fit us all that well, so it's kind of hard to maintain. It, it's kind of a facade, and the fake self is never a good fit. So what Rochelle says is what you need to do is just bring that fake self to God and offer it to him. And he can remind you of who you really are. You take your fake self to the altar, A-L-T-A-R, the place of sacrifice. And you say, God, this is who I think I'm trying to be, but I want to be who you say I should be. The reason he phrases it that way is because in the New Testament, Paul is a writer who says to present yourself as a living sacrifice to God as part of your act of worship. He says it like this in his letter to the church in Rome. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So, Groeschel says, bring your sense of self to God. Place it on the altar and offer it to him. And tell God you want more of who he thinks you are and less of who you think you are because he knows you better. We often get that backwards, Groeschel warns. He says, the quickest way to forget about what God thinks of us is to focus on what others think of us. Now, that's not to say you should never care about what others think of you. But when you focus exclusively on what others think of you, well, then we tend to forget what God thinks of us. And the danger of that is several. The first is other people can only know you in part. They can only know you as much as you want to share And you can share a a good deal about yourself. Small group is an awesome way for you to share a little bit more about yourself as you grow comfortable with other people. And they can get to know you better, and they can pray for you and support you as you are, as you really are. But even then, it's only in part. And it's only as long as they've known you. I've been married 33 years, and my wife knows me really, really, really well. Probably a little too well. Sometimes she sighs and shakes her head and says, Oh, if people only knew what I go through. But seriously, she only knows me for 33 years. And I know you think I'm 34, but I'm just a touch older than that. And really, it's only what I've been able to share to her. Because, you know, there's, there's deeper, darker secrets that you kind of wish, like parts of your life that happened beforehand that you just wish never had happened. But they're there. You're not going to share those with anybody. But God knows, because God's been with you the whole time. God knows me even before I met Stacy. God knows me 
when I was a baby. God knows me before I was born. And he knows you really, really well, too. So he's safe. This is how King David wrote about it in the Old Testament. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. God knows you better than you think. He sees more in you than you think. He values you more than you think. He's equipped you more than you think. And in fact, you already have everything you need to become the person that he created you to be. And that's worth repeating. And that's in your program as well. You already have everything you need to become the person that God has created you to be. So that begs the question, then, who did God create you to be? Well, first of all, he created in you a masterpiece. That's right, a masterpiece. Paul wrote about that in the New Testament this way. He said, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Maybe you don't feel like a masterpiece. Maybe you're like, ah, that, doesn't, that word doesn't fit me very well, Tom. But that same word in the Greek can be translated as uh, workmanship or handiwork. God handcrafted you exactly the way he wanted to. And God don't make no junk. In fact, that's worth repeating to the person around you. Online, you can just like say that to somebody in your living room. Seriously, like the person next to you, the person in front of you, you say, God don't make no junk. I'm serious, people. Don't make me take back your points. You can even like put a little swag around it. God don't make no junk. Like put a little finger wag in there. Because he doesn't. This is how the writer of Psalm 139 put it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are God's handiwork. Wonderfully and fearfully made. You are awesome in his eyes. In fact, you are made in his image. We read that in the Bible as well. As a result, you are of infinite value to God. That's why Jesus came to die for you, so that you could be forgiven of everything and have a relationship with him. Now, I know some of you think, well, that's not me, Tom. You don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I am. No, it's not so much about who you are and what you've done. It's about God, who he is, and what he's done, and the price he was willing to pay to win you back. And better yet, he's not done with you yet. As Groeschel says it, you are not yet who you will be. You're a work in progress. I like to tell people that because that kind of like, you know, makes it seem as though, oh, okay, Tom's a screw-up, but he's a work in progress. Feel free to use that. I should trade that, trademark that. I'm a work in progress. God isn't finished with you yet, and who you can become is even better than who you are now because God's got great plans for you. He says this through his prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You see, friends, that future, that's right in front of us. God is waiting for you to let him define you, to let him give you the identity you've always longed for and a future that's even better than the one that you've been hoping for. Your identity is safe with God. In fact, 
you might want to just go ahead and take and write that under your question mark. Wherever you are, whatever piece of paper you have, just go ahead and write that big idea down there. Your identity is safe with God. Write it on the bottom. And then take this with you. Take it and put it someplace where you're going to be able to see it. Put it someplace where you're going to wonder the next time that that these question marks come up in life, because they will, you're going to be able to see this and say, ah, you know what? I'm not sure what the answer to that is, but I know God's got it. My identity is safe with him, and I can take this to him, and he's going to help me do that better tomorrow. In fact, the best possible tomorrow. Go ahead and take this to your small group and talk with them about the question marks floating around in your head, the struggle you've had with your identity. And if you're not in a small group, then this is an awesome time to check them out. All summer long, we're having just really easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy cookouts. I mean, like, I couldn't get any better. It is just free food. You don't have to sign up for six months or, like, be committed for a year. All you need to do is just show up, eat free food, and be willing to say hi to somebody. And see what a small group can do for you. Because you don't have to do this alone. God is there for you, yes, always. But you don't have to do this alone. You were never meant to do this alone. God's got your identity. He's got your back. It's always safe with him. And he's got other people to come alongside you to help remind you of that time and time and time again. Why? Because you're worth it. He paid the price and he wants to help you if you'll let him. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for being with us and helping us to understand a little bit more about just how much you love us and how you can help us, not only with our past that we've wrestled with and we're tired of wrestling, not just our present where there's questions looming over our head, but our future, the ones that concern us, the ones that we think we got nailed down, we know you have better futures still, and we are so grateful for that. Thank you for helping us today to understand more about this. So right now, if there's anyone here in the auditorium or watching this online that's ever struggled with any of those questions about, can God handle this, and who am I, and who will I be, then just go ahead. Feel free to raise your hand. Everybody's got their eyes closed. Nobody's looking, but it's between you and God that we're going to go ahead and lift this up to him. God won't judge you, but we'll all agree on this prayer. God, we accept you at your word that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you so much for loving us that way. We do want to listen to you. We want to pay attention to what you think of us, not so much what we think of us or what others do. We want our identity to be safe in you, and you have the answers to all of our questions. So thank you for helping us today and tomorrow and every day. We give it all to you, and we ask that you would help us walk into that best possible tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can put your hands down now.